It's the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm Bob Perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we're learning from Keenan Surf. Now, Keenan is a stand-up comedian from Lavender Hill, but uh, you've probably seen him on your TV screen on Showmax there as part of Trevor Noah's Nation Wild. And uh, he's been traveling nationwide as well. Yeah, he's been in Durban recently. That's why I chatted to him. But he's been doing Josie. He's done all the cities now. And over the last five years, he's done a pretty good job of building his career, which is why I'm going to be bringing up to the Heat City Comedy Festival happening from the 30th of July to the 4th of August. Uh, sorry to you know throw the promo in there, but I figure if you if you a listening to this because you listen to this podcast, then maybe you'd want to know about that. And if you're listening to this because you know Keenan, well then you definitely want to know that he's going to be performing in Durban from the 30th of July to the 4th of August. I'll let you know the exact dates at some time. But go check out the vibe on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, man, I feel like I ruined the little intro vibe there for Keenan though. Uh, Keenan is a really sensitive. Uh, just thoughtful comedian and dude in general. He's uh, someone who I've only met a few times, but I've really appreciated, uh, yeah, just getting to hang out with him, man, and just getting to chat to him in general. I like his perspective and I like his uh, hustle. I like how he's dedicated to his craft and he's very much, you know, driven to be a successful stand-up comedian. He wants to travel the world doing this thing, you know, and he's incredibly inspired by other people in the industry. So we get into a whole host of topics, man. We obviously get into the nation wild thing. Uh, we get into just how he got into comedy. We get into it's basically the pursuit of happiness. That's why he's doing stand up comedy. That's the whole thing, uh, both to create happiness for other people and also to, you know, avoid that day job, man, that's fucking nine to five, that soul sucker, and I'm sorry if you're at one right now, like, freelance life definitely has its issues, trust me, so, but if you're wanting to get out, if you've got, like, your dream, maybe this might be a little bit inspirational, maybe this will, you know, give you that push that you need, or maybe it's just something cool to listen to whilst you're trying to get through your day at work, and I'm happy to provide either way. So, you're going to get to know Keenan Surf uh, if you don't know him, and if you do, well, you're still going to get to know him even more, because I doubt you've had an hour-long conversation with him, and you won't really get to know people through their stand-up comedy. You'll think you know a stand-up comedian because of the jokes they tell, but we, uh, yeah, we're we're presenting things in a light that we want to be presented in, so you're not going to really get to know us. Uh, You are going to get to know me as well through this podcast, and just in general, uh, with these podcasts, I, it's not like if you're listening to this for the first time, the format isn't very, you know, I just ask questions off a page. It's back and forth. It's conversations. The whole thing with this podcast is conversations with creative South Africans. And it's me trying to, you know, figure out what it takes to make it essentially in the industry, um, whichever industry it is that you're in. Um, cause I think there's lessons you can learn from various different, uh, people in different industries, you know, like, like I say in the beginning, you know, the experience doesn't have to be your own. And I think with Keenan, there's actually a bit of experience here that definitely 
it's not my own, but I've I've definitely learned from it, and I'm going to try and be, you know, like yeah, like I just need to work harder. <laughs> That's the thing. I definitely like need to feel that desperation, man. Because when it comes to stand-up comedy, I'm not as dedicated to the cause as quite a lot of other people. And I think that's probably apparent. And I think that's definitely why my comedy is not as good as other people's. So I need to work on that. But I've also got a lot of other things on my plate, which is why this is coming out a bit late. Hey, no, I'm not working on a rap album. Uh, I am working on a comedy festival, though. Like I said, the Heat City Comedy Festival. And I'm writing a few different things. I'm also going to be at the Red Bull Amapico coming up. Um, I might be talking about podcasting there. I might be teaching people how to podcast there. Like, I don't know. I actually need to follow up um, with them. So I don't know why I'm telling you that. I should not do that. But I'm also not going to edit it out because this is like my fifth time doing this intro. It's a little bit too much honesty there. Anyway, if you like this podcast, you can like us on Facebook at The Almost Perfect Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at almost underscore podcast. And you can follow me on Instagram at almost perfect Bob. If you really like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect and give me a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars. That's all up to you. Totally up to you. You get different things because of it. Like there's competitions and you can ask questions sometimes and like there's interaction sometimes. Uh, I think most of the people that are doing it at the moment don't give a fuck about the extra stuff. They're all just like, here's some money. We like the podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, But there are extra things. And they do exist. So you can get them if you sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. And yeah, that's it. That's the intro to this whole thing. Um, I'm looking forward to you getting to know Keenan. And I'm looking forward to having Keenan at the Heat City Comedy Festival. Uh, You're going to probably hear that a lot over the next few months until the 30th of July. And then probably also afterwards because I'm going to be interviewing people at the festival. I'm really excited about it. I think I should be. I think I can talk to you about that. I don't know why I feel like I can't, but maybe I'll get over that the more I do this. Uh, Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Here comes the Almost Perfect Podcast with Keenan Surf. So what brings you to Durban? Uh, I did some some shows this side. Um, I did uh, the gig at the the Charlatan. Was it called the Charlatan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did it. Tammy and Friends. Uh, Tammy and Friends. Tammy, <laughs> sorry, Tammy. And, I, I've been saying it wrong. It's my Cape Town accent. Tammy and Friends. <laughs> um, so it's that gig that I did. I did the Happy Hippo. Anyone in Durban is listening to this, I must check out those gigs, man. Uh, and then there was another gig in Florida Road. Some club thingy, some VIP club thingy, where they t- trying to do comedy. At, I don't know. Oh wow! I, I didn't even know about that. Who was running that? uh i am not i think uh, i'm not sure i think jim them i'm not sure uh, okay yeah but it was just the first time they did it to try it out um and then i've just been like going to the beach and stuff you know yeah as you do in durban yeah meeting people i watched the champions league final i went out to like restaurants and coffee shops and stuff so it was all fine man thank you yeah did uh who were you supporting anyone in the champs league final uh, was I supporting? I yeah, I I I hoped I, I'd always hoped that Liverpool won the league. I'm not a Liverpool supporter, by the way. Uh, I just hope that because of how they lost, like you know, like. <laughs> but those United fans, ugh. those um, United fans, we tolerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I hope Liverpool because Liverpool lost the final last year and then they lost the league this year. Like they, 
the second highest amount of like points the, ever. Yeah, for a team finishing second, like the most points for a team finishing second. And like in any other year, they had like 96 points, that would have been enough. But this year, they're finishing second to a team who has like 97, 98. And they put so much work in considering they lost the final, Champions League final last year. And then that, and then they have another Champions League final. So they're so under pressure, but they won. So I was like, But it's still, that's super impressive to just see like a team at the top of their game. Yeah. Like, do you see any like correlations with comedians at all? Like, is there anyone in South African comedy? Like when you, like in the last year or two, you've just seen them be like, dominating but like haven't quite got it haven't quite got it and then all of a sudden just bam yeah look like i watch so much comedy on the south african comedy scene um the comedy scene is so cool man like the way everyone is working i i love when i see people go all around south africa go all around africa and then go to australia or go to the uk for me that's so cool man and i get excited like just to see like that's the that's where this thing can take you man being from south africa doesn't mean that you have to stay here. It's yeah, definitely. Like, like the world is just open to you and you can get like flown up or comedy can pay you out so nice and then you can end up going to some nice cities and places like that, man. So that's cool. There isn't anyone like specific, like everyone is working so hard, man. Everyone is doing their, their thing their own, in their own lane and they're doing their own hard work, man. So I, like, I just, it's so cool to see and it's inspiring that Everyone else is just doing the thing. So I'm like, yeah, I also want to do the thing. And yeah, because you've been traveling quite a bit over the last year. Yeah, yeah, I have. Like Joburg, I've been to PE and obviously Durban. Well, this is the third city I'm seeing you in, in like the last year. Like <laughs> I've seen you in Cape Town, I've seen you in Joburg and I've yeah. seen you in Durban. So like, yeah, yeah man. No, man, I, I have to work hard, but I, I can't. There's no time for, like this is my, I do comedy full time. And that's quite a big, like, deal especially from cape town yeah no but because there, there aren't a lot of cats in cape town who yeah yeah a lot of them and i'm going against the grain sort of but like i i want to do something i love i want to be happy man and the thing is i come from a work i used to work in like call center and stuff different call centers yeah. and every call center you have people suffering like people there because they don't want to be there because like they get treated bad and they customers are rude to them every day. Like you are mainly because I was in customer service a lot and you just the only time people phone is when they're mad. Yeah. And people handle anger in different ways. People will tell you like on the they, they um they'll say like you like you worthless, you stupid, you idiots. Yeah, like yeah. just like you're useless. How can yeah, you not you do can, this? You don't know what people are going through by their houses, man. And <laughs> it's a thing it's the same thing like when people uh, end up becoming hashtags when they like uh ah oh, you black this <laughs> and then they wanna say sorry afterwards. Like that was the customers that we dealt with. And at the back of my mind I'd be like, yo, do you uh, maybe this person is actually you know one of those people that becomes hashtag because like the way this man is shouting you don't think no, especially since it says, like, this call is recorded for quality yeah, purposes. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you fuck it! <laughs> yeah, and they, they'll be they'll swear at you, but they'll say you fucking worthless, you stupid. And I'd be, just be like, damn, man. Gotta do, I have a tough life already, and now you're still coming. So, like, yeah, I was gonna say, so I guess, like, fucking comedy audiences are nothing in comparison. Yeah, yeah, like, comedy audiences, like, they come with some a sense of, like, wokeness. 
and also the comic can can teach them something can teach us something that they never knew before and so the people that live there they live at least with their mind being open a little bit yeah so well how crazy is that power dynamic shift for you i mean going from like a call center guy yeah getting shot on getting sworn at to now commanding attention from people from like yeah i didn't actually think of it like that um yeah to, to being in a space where people come there people show you appreciation yeah that's like one of the things i do comedy that's one of the things i love about comedy the appreciation when you get people that will stand on their feet they will like rock the front chair <laughs> <laughs> they, they will you know clap hands whistle at you to make sure that you're like, yo, you, yeah, like my bro, does he look at me enjoying you? You know, like to go from being shut down, like you said, to doing that is like, it's a, it's a really nice feeling. Man. Why <laughs> would you not want to be in comedy? And it, comedy is an art, man. It's like martial art. Like you can't read in a book what to do and then do it. Like comedy is a thing where like you just have to be like on it all the time. It's like gym. Yeah, you have to practice. If you're not jumping all the time and you want to be a weightlifter, then you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, there's no fit, like fighting fit. Like yeah, that's the same yeah, thing yeah. as like with comedy. Okay, yeah, yeah, you have to fight fit in comedy. You have to fight fit, but mentally sharp, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you've got to... It's... I don't know though. Like I haven't... It's What's weird for me is like the last month or so, because I haven't had underground comedy... Like, I've just been doing other gigs. Yeah. And I haven't been on as much, but I've been killing. And I think it's just because, like, the the pressure of, like, not the pressure, but the stress of running the Winston because of just having to handle yeah. comedians and shit yeah. would always, like, have me off my game. And now yeah. that I don't have that, because I was, like, thinking, like, hey, if, I, if I'm performing every week, it's going to make me better. But, like, because of the, like, external circumstances of it, yeah, it yeah. was actually weighing me down. And now I'm a lot more free, but I wish I could get more stage time because that's the only problem in Durban. You did, like, the week run, and that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You I, got, like, all the gigs in Durban in yeah, one weekend. I was lucky enough to get some extra stuff. But the gig, some gigs were actually, <laughs> bless you. Yo, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yo, um, some, 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 um, the gigs, some actually got cancelled. Oh. Yeah. I was supposed to do more gigs, but then that got cancelled and people normally come for those gigs. So I was like, yeah, I'll still come through. I'll still come and perform and like meet people and network and stuff. So, I mean, I got some top guy's number. I, I got an Uber driver's number here. He says, nice. take me to the airport. Yeah. Nice. Is or he going to give you a discount rate? Yeah, really top Those guys. are those contacts you need, bro. Yeah, I'm really meeting top guys. You know, that's uh, not everyone can do that. Um, no. <laughs> and then, but yeah, it's, it's been a learning experience. Every city you can I go to, I learn something, man. It's all part of my comedy arsenal repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like it's sharpening my my mind and learning something new. I heard about Kater Manor. Oh yeah, Sriracha. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. In my mind, I was like, oh, Kater Manor. You know, it's gonna be like so nice. Yeah, I'm gonna tell my family. Where you keep Oh wow, I mean, Kater Co- Manor. Why? Because it says manor in it. Yeah, like you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> you'd expect Kater Manor. Okay, and no, then I, I come to Kater Manor and I'm like. Am I back in Lavendale? Like, yo, like, this is, ooh, like, they're, they're robbing someone right now. Yeah, you're not doing it right. I'm like, yeah, dude. Just, I'm like, Kater Manor? Yeah, dude, and if you drive past, like, Kater Manor at night, 
like between like um the township there and between like uh Manor Gardens. Yeah. Like see even in Manor yeah. Gardens. Like... Yeah. See, no Manor Gardens is nicer than Lucas Manor. Oh, oh. Like uh b- because of history, because of racial segregation, because yeah. of everything. Um but yeah, you'll see like if you drive like there like the other night I was coming back from a gig on Thursday and yeah, driving that road and there's just cop cars lined basically at night with the lights on between yeah. Kate Manor and Manor Gardens. Like yeah. almost like private security. Oh, it was that type of like a raid or something. No, like dude, they just chill there every night. So I was chatting to the Uber driver because you're saying like, yeah, like to prevent like, you know. Oh, anything from popping off. Yeah. So they can be right there. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like oh, that's, so that's yeah. the kind of place Kate Manor yeah, unfortunately Lavendale, is. is not even like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lavender, they don't have cops lining up there. No, 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 they're gonna shoot. No, 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 they're gonna shoot now. No, just wait, just wait. <laughs> yeah, you see, they're, they're shooting now. We must go. Like, no. There's like... So you're from Lavender Hills? Lavender Hill, yeah. Yeah, I know. But there's like, the cops are come very... They take very long to come. They're like the opposite of those cops. <laughs> they, they stay away from Lavender. They don't... They wait for all the gunshots to finish? One, yeah, two, no, they wait three. for all oh, the gunshots. No, his ears are running out. Okay, his ears out now. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's just clean up. Let's. That's. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's dark, but I know. Like you're not really joking. Man. No, no, I'm not. But that's essentially what uh, my comedy is like. I want my comedy to be like it's, it's the ugly truth, man. That's what. That's what I want it to be. The ugly truth, and I want it to be like goofy. So it's my. I have an idea of a one man show, and I've been asking online for like. I saw that. I was even thinking like. Before we did this podcast, I was thinking the surfs up thing, like just yeah. like yeah, yeah. No, everybody's been saying like surfs up and whatever, but for me, that's where what we just spoke about a couple of seconds ago. The, I, my, I have a story behind what I want to tell. I yeah. have the the truth about like the shooting and stuff, uh, and then I want to hop up, gag, you know? Yeah, I want to educate, like open my world up to you. Essentially, that's what I want to do. I want to open my world up because no one has really been a speaker for um for the cape flats so yeah you feel like there aren't a lot of people who are like voices for the cape flats yeah I mean, yeah so like probably not publicly like essentially yeah. like on a big scale yeah because the idea that i have for the one-man show i want to talk about like i said now i talk about like my reality and stuff so serves up is cool or you got but that doesn't cool but that doesn't make sense for yeah because you need to something to to catch the people especially when you're doing your first show um, so my thing that I want to, that I have, the idea that I want is, um, what's it, what did I say again? Um, <laughs> I joked my way out. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I joked my way out. So I'm not saying, I joked my way out of situations. Like a, a comedy helped me get out of a lot of things. And comedy, my comedy stems from my childishness. And being childish is what saved me from when I was in high school and the kids were like, yeah, no, we're going to go and, you know, and sniff this, we're going to go and smoke that now. And then um, I would, I'd be like, nah, Ma's making curry and Spongebob is on. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch, I'm going to do that now. You safe, you enjoy it. And then <laughs> all of my friends just continued to, to fall. Uh, a lot of them fell into that traps, man. And then because I was childish, I just wanted to be home and lazy and, so then I obviously went, as I, you know, started going out more, instead of like going down the party vibes, I found stand-up comedy. 
when I was like 20. So comedy was always at the back of my mind and just it just started to come more to the front of my mind. It just became more and more of a thing. I used to watch it all the time, stay home, watch it. And then I then started performing and so I went to more gigs and more gigs. And now comedy is like the thing I do. Did you do? If I How meet people you? for the first time, take them to a gig and whatever. And yeah, so... How did you, yeah, how did you get started in comedy? So you watched it growing up and then... Yeah, yeah, I used to watch things like Mr. Bean and all of that oh, stuff. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and that's, I've, like, I've always just had that random ability to just, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to say this. It's so weird, I can't explain it. Like, I, it's like, in my mind, I remember what I thought at the time. In my mind, I was like, I'm going to say this. And it's almost as if I knew they were going to laugh. Because I just say the most weirdest and random thing. Like, I would I would think, what can I do that's going to make them laugh? What can I do? Okay, this is going to make them laugh. Then I come on at school or whatever, and I'm like, so my uncle stole our nail clipper. He does drugs. And then the class would laugh, and I'm like, so class, we're going to talk about Othello today. And then I <laughs> then I go on talking about Othello. Like, so I always had that ability, man. So I was in the call center working there. And then uh, one of the comics that runs uh, Premium, uh, Ken one, he worked there as well. And he sent out posters for the show. And my friend was like, nah, you need to go do this, man. You need to go do this. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. And <laughs> he was like, no, you need to go do this, man. And eventually I, I, um, I went to the show and I started. And, and I, was, I wasn't as good. And then, well obviously <laughs> yeah like i started bad actually and then i did all right on the night um and then ever since then i've just been going slowly but surely i went to maybe three four gigs a year to do oh wow that's really slow <laughs> yeah like i i because i wasn't getting like booked as much because i was well when you slow. start yeah when you start you don't get booked in general you've got yeah. to you've got to beg everyone for slots and then unless you're like making waves unless you just start off and you're like bah, 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 quick out the blocks yeah but those people suffer hard i find yeah. like i don't like i mean a few people have really killed it straight out the gates and stuff but most yeah. people like they might do well for a little while like a lot of people will tell you like they killed it for like their first five to ten shows and yeah. then they started dying and yeah. then they were like how do I deal with this? Yeah. Like, because you're not used to it yet. Whereas I think guys like you, like might have it a little bit luckier in that, like you don't have that unrealistic expectation because yeah. you came out and everyone loved your jokes. Yeah. And then now people don't like you started out and people were like, ah, who's this guy? And now, <laughs> and now like you like actually through time and experience like gained that skill. So people yeah. trust you a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so now obviously I'm, going to different cities and performing and stuff and it's really cool man especially when i when i look back and i go hey, damn i actually like i'm getting somewhere <laughs> you know like i didn't think i would ever get to where i am now and not that i'm very far but i didn't think i would get to this point and now i'm here so now i want to tell how i joked my way out <laughs> i get that and i'm actually pretty keen to i think that'll be a cool show and i think that'll actually suit your story and you quite nicely yeah because surfs up or you got surfed like that's funny names but, but also like punny names are, yeah. are a pretty low level yeah so now i i wanna i wanna make sure that people you know it makes sense to them in the crowd yeah i want them to go oh, i can't i don't wanna there's no way cowbunga brew yeah there's no <laughs> way of putting a story into you got surfed but just funny 
Well, I mean, there could be, like, you could do, like, um, a bunch of stories about where people got served, you know, yeah. like, where you, like, yeah, like, outwitted them or something, but yeah. Yeah, but I, there is something, but it's, I know that it's no, that's not your direction. That's not your, for sure. <coughs> oh, God damn. Wait, so, how old are you now? Because you started... Um, yeah, I started, like, 19 or 20. Interesting fact, I actually, the first comedy I ever did was when I was in high school. And I hosted a couple of talent shows. Oh, sick. Yeah, then I would end up hosting people. <laughs> uh, I would end up That's just mean. So, like, if someone sucked, you would just be like... No, no, not the not the act. Oh, I'd, people in the crowd. I'd speak to people in the crowd. And I'd be like, hey, uncle, those uh, grasshoppers are looking skew from here, bro. Like, I can only imagine how skew your grasshoppers are is when I get told it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, so you know what the grasshopper shoes. Yes, I know grasshoppers. Yeah. I was gonna say like, um, as a color comedian from Cape Town, you've obviously got a lot of like things that you know in jokes essentially, like cultural mm. in jokes, like yeah. stuff like that. You know, like your grasshoppers are yeah. skew. Yeah. Like, I think a non-color person might not necessarily like even care like that yeah. they're like about that kind of thing. Yeah. So, what is it like, you know, doing that? Like where you know, how do you play with that, essentially, like, with different, like, audiences, different crowds, because do you change it up for different crowds? Do you have certain mannerisms and certain words you use, or do you, and then, like, you know, like, if you're with a Cape Town colored community, you go, you can, like, lean into colloquialisms a lot more, uh, or, like, do you use them in other situations to try and teach people them? Uh, like, what's the situation there culturally for you? Um, no, I think because I'm, like, a storyteller, uh essentially uh my my jokes i do i'm the same person on every stage I am, i'm at cool but in some stages like if i'm performing like in the wood for example i can speak maybe a bit more afrikaans yeah okay. i can say some of those words other than that there isn't that much of a difference between the the wood crowd and the other crowds that's the only difference is i speak a bit more afrikaans but I just, the, essentially, I just be myself wherever I'm at. And that's been the thing that's been working for me. What I, the additional thing I do is if I'm in your city, I'll do some research on your city and then do it on stage. So swapping out whatever general thing I have or whatever thing I have. I mean, this, this, is, this is just classic, like comedy, like touring comedy. You make sure like you're... You, you, you have a joke that fits for like, yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever word, say, if I say gachi, for example. Which, oh, oh, okay, now I'll get you. the guy in the taxi yeah, in it's Cape a, Town that gets the change and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a condi. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so what's it? What's it? What do you guys call it? A condi. Like condi, a condis, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, or condi, um, yeah. Or yeah. So when I come, when I come here, I then replace the word gachi with the word... Um, condi. Condi, to make it easier for you to understand. And if you see, I did the research and you appreciate me more. But in Cape Town, with these foreign crowds often, I explain the word gachi again. So now I'm like, you see the guys that are in the minibus taxis? They're like, you're going, you're going. That's a gachi. So they leave with something also. So it's just the whole, like, it's, it's a, I work, I chop and change around, but I'm, I'm still the same person. It's just I'm doing something so that you can understand what I'm doing. There's someone in the crowd that speaks French, you know, como se va? And then, I'll, and then I'll do that so that, you know, they can feel like, oh, he took some time to understand. Now we're going to listen to him even more. 
so is a big part of comedy for you like yeah like cuz even we were chatting before this you were talking about how you love seeing people in the crowd like give big reactions and you watch like everyone in the crowd like you don't want to just see someone like gently clapping their hands you mm-hmm. want to see the big laughter yeah. so for you like it feels like you see for me comedy is definitely more of a me thing <laughs> like mm-hmm. than a in, like i interact with other people obviously but like when i'm on stage like i'm i'm interacting like I, i'm not necessarily caring like yeah. about the reactions so much i mean obviously i want good reactions but i'm not monitoring them the same way yeah. like in terms of you know getting every single person you know to give me big reactions and stuff so is it's a big part of it for you obviously that connection with the crowd with yeah. people yeah yeah that's cuz i'm not the the social media person i find i don't connect well with people online cuz i don't know what you're thinking and i can't see what are you thinking about it man right? okay see i like social media cuz i don't care what you're thinking <laughs> yeah so i am a, i'm a overthinker i'm like i can i have funny stuff things that i think are like super funny uh or i want to comment about like some social issue or whatever and then i'm busy typing it in and then i see that uh and i and i like i assess the situation and i'm like then i just start overthinking then i i'll tap the cut the word out and then i just not post <laughs> and then i'll maybe see somewhere somewhere other down the line somewhere else down the line i'll see someone say the thing that i wanted to say or similar thing and get big laughs or positive reaction then like damn man you need to be more confident in what you want to say and that's why before i do the one man show i want to feel i want to feel ready in terms i might i might be ready in like an hour doing an hour whatever but I want to feel ready that I'm confident enough and I can back whatever I say because I'm going to speak about tough things some tough things so I just want to be able to make sure that I have the confidence that I believe in what I'm saying and I'm not just trying to be funny but I'm also going yo this is me finally I'm going this is me this is what I believe in this is what's happening in my community you know and I think more can be done so yeah that's that's my thing and so do you have that confidence yet are you on your way there i'm like, on my way there I, i've been i've been um i've been doing more like posts and i think i've been live on instagram <laughs> <laughs> for this yeah yeah so like this because this is the thing i'm now i'm like not afraid i'm getting to that point where i'm more consistently not afraid to speak my thoughts and my views would you say you're less afraid on stage than you are in front of camera um yeah yeah because on stage when i'm on stage is uh, it comes with a certain confidence man the more people laugh the more i grow into my confidence the more i'm able to say what i want to say uh but in, in front of camera there's like i don't know it just seems like i have to worry more about the thing on on camera and stuff because when we live and on stage no one is really going to you know mess it up from there for me besides myself but on on camera things can i, I don't know man people can dissect that, things as well yeah, like people can dissect things people can you know take it in the <laughs> the wrong way and then you don't have time to change it yeah you know yeah i get you like well the thing is when you're on stage like when you say the wrong thing people like you you just carry on talking yeah. and you'll say something else and people will forget about the wrong thing that you said mm. you know whereas if you do that on screen it's still there 
Like, you know, people might forget it, but the next time they watch it, or the next yeah. time they watch it, or the next time they watch it, they might see that. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why I, I worry, like, I overthink, man. So, I'm also, an, like, a heavy overthinker, and, like, sometimes I can be, like, when I have little confidence and I keep my thoughts and opinions quiet, but as of late, I've been opening my, my mouth more, and I got, like, just the other night, I got into, like, some heavy conversations about, like, abortion and stuff. And the one person was saying they fought it. The other person was saying they're against it. I'm just like, guys, what I think, I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're right. All I'm saying is if you put yourself in a female's shoes, then, you know, you can't blame a female. You can't blame a female, you know, and you can't really force a female to do something with their body they don't want to do. Hey, fucking man, dog. Like, yeah. that, so it was two guys discussing this. No, a guy and a girl and me. Okay. So obviously the woman was yeah. against it. Like, well, no, oh no, sorry. Like the woman was obviously pro-choice and yeah, the guy she, was obviously she against She is for it. Yeah. He's against it. But what he was doing was he was saying, um, no, you are wrong. It must be uh, no abortion. It must be no abortion. Yeah, that's and I'm like, bro, you can't force, you can't force your, what? You're not just saying your opinion. You're basically telling this girl, no, you're wrong for that. Listen to me. This is what you need to do. Here's what you need to do with your body. Yeah. Like, here's how the rest of your life has to be determined. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's what he's saying to her. And now I'm like, but I just hear what you're saying. Open your ears and your eyes. This is your opinion, yes. But at the end of the day, think about this also. (laughs) Think about, like, if you... But if you... Because females have it hard. Yeah, women definitely have it fucking difficult yeah. in this world. Like, so, just walking down the streets. Yeah, like. just walking down the street and, and all of these things. Like, I know, I kind of get how it feels. I, you know, there's two situations where I, under, where I understand females very much. Is, um, like, pains. For example, you've had that that pain by your by your ass where you have a fart or you want to go do like <laughs> a shit. And then that pain comes there and it's like, that's a horrible pain. Everybody's experiencing it. That's a horrible pain, right? And then you can't handle it and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. And then, um, then eventually when you get the shit, you feel nice. But now the female gets this pain every month. And oh. then there's, there's birth and shit. That's what they get a pain times 20. Yeah, women have to deal with pain on levels. Yeah. Because so, and and they also have to deal with men. Yeah. So. And then I went to, and then the other thing is, I went to, uh, I went to a gay club and in a gay club, and not just in the gay club, but like on social media as well. There's like gay dudes that, that hit on me like all the time. And they like, people are relentless. Some guys will <laughs> be out of block. It's weird, bro. But like some guys will be out of block. They'll be like, yo, are you homosexual? Let's hook up. Oh, like, fuck. Going to a gay club can be a very interesting experience. Yeah. I'm straight, man. But no, because I went. You're I went, in, you're went in someone my, else's space. And like, yeah. I'm, I went with my lady, man. So, um. And then I just experienced, then I was like, yo, females probably have it so much worse. Yeah, yeah. that's literally what it's like being a woman going out. They, 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 you get like well, from what super, I understand. Super, super pearls as well that don't care if you have a wedding ring or whatever. And it's like, so basically, I'm like, yeah, that's where all of my thinking, when, when we're talking about such things, that's where, where my thinking goes. I'm like, yo, you can't tell a female what to do in whatever. Females deserve to be equal. Females deserve all of these things. And now you want to come and say, no, that they must keep the baby. Because that lady was like, yo, what about the rape case or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, no, you must get the baby. I'm like, are you listening to what you're saying? You basically say, fuck what you're saying. Keep the baby. 
I'm not saying keep keep the visa. Yeah, but pe- people like that don't think really. They don't think about the consequences. They don't think about the reality of life. Yeah. Like I feel like those kind of people probably, you know, had two parents, lived, you know, the middle class life and, you know, had a great experience yeah. like a lot of the time yeah. because if you've grown up like, you know, in poorer communities or you've grown up in places where you can see that, yeah, maybe if someone had access to that kind of thing, their life would be a lot better, mm, you know, because yeah. if they didn't, both them and the kid would have better lives, you know, well, <laughs> the kid wouldn't have a life, but technically that might still be better than some people's actual yeah. lived experiences. Yeah, like not yeah. to be, you know, dismissive of people's lived experiences, but you know, some people do not like, this is going to sound weird because it's going to sound like I'm saying like, if your life sucks, you don't deserve to have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying like, there are obviously circumstances where, you know, like personally, I wouldn't feel too bad about it yeah. had my mom not had me because I wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. So, and her life probably would have become a lot better. It would have probably had more opportunities and she would have got to keep all that cash that she was making. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, instead of working two jobs, like, you know, mm. to bring me up. So I, yeah, for me, it's definitely a thing of give people the choice and if it's not your choice, don't take it. Yeah, yeah. So, yo, how did we end up going there? Damn it, Keenan. <laughs> I don't know, but cool chat though. Um, and I was going to say, well, this is the cool thing about comedy though because now you're like, you know, this experience and some th- stuff is stuff that's going to be in your mind and maybe one day you'll talk about it on stage yeah, yeah. and, you know, maybe you'll be able to put it in a way now that that guy would be able to understand it if you put it in a joke. Mm. But, you know, at the moment he's not getting it because mm. his perspective is so shaped by, like, the way he sees the world. Mm. Whereas it could just take a simple, like, trick of the words and then all of a sudden, you know, and also the thing of him trusting you on stage now because... For some reason, people give comedians a lot more, like, credit than they deserve, like, for being yeah. smart and, like, for being, you know, thought leaders and stuff. Yeah. But now, how do you feel about having that position as yeah. someone who can educate others? It's obviously, judging by this conversation, something that matters a lot to you. Yeah. No, it's like, when you're on stage, people are more prone, like, to, to listening to you. I often say a lot of the world's problems can be solved if people just listened and spoke. Like, they speak to each other, but, like, mainly listen. I feel like a lot of the issues can be solved. And that's why with comedians, comedians have so much power because they that's the one time, uh, that's the one real time where people are sitting down. They year to listen. Like, it's a seminar is one thing where people <laughs> go to sleep. Like Yeah. But with comedy, you there, you listen through for an hour, 40 minutes, you're listening. And to have the power where people are just listening 100% of the time is, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility that comedians have. So that's why I appreciate comics that can, uh, that can say things like where that just blows your mind, like, you know, makes you think like, why didn't I think of that, you know? Uh, what Joey Rustin does, uh, cognitive dissonance. Cool. What does he do about it? Yo, I don't know. I, co- I forgot what cognitive dif- dissonance means. But uh, it's when your beliefs like don't necessarily match up, essentially. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So the night I I was sitting there, and as he was explaining to it, I, I well, need to watch the show again yeah. just to listen to that part. But at the time I was sitting there, I was like, damn, this I never thought of this, you know. So. That's why comedy is, is so cool. And otherwise, if you don't really get what the person is saying, you don't really understand, you have a good laugh. So essentially, it's just 
a perfect combination, you know, to educate and make people laugh. Yeah, man, I'd say, like, a large portion of my education growing up was given to me by comedians, by, mm. like, Chris Rock, by George Carlin. Yeah, by, like, same year. Like, you know, my parents taught me manners, but, like, I feel like comedy taught, you taught the world. me life and yeah. business. And, you know, because, like, yo, the way it works in comedy, like, with business and stuff, people, yo, people, will, people will take more money from you. Like, people will, you, you can lose out on a lot. Comedy, like, toughens you up. Yeah, definitely. It's ruthless. <laughs> yeah, there can be a, a after they pay all this stuff, there can be a fifty thousand, hundred thousand rand left to give out to the performers, and it, it can easily just work out where you get a thousand rand and they take the rest. But if you had opened your mouth and if you were stern, you could have gotten a lot more after the deal. So comedy is essentially like just school but on another level <laughs> it's a whole new like yeah it's a whole it's its own university almost it's its own university yeah so this is like we're tough and you have the bullies are the ones that are robbing you essentially yeah and i guess it's a weird thing because i so we can talk about that the payment thing you know it's such a weird thing in comedy because it is a matter of you know how much do you ask for like so when you're starting out you're like oh i don't want to ask for too much yeah. and then so you, like people just pay you 300 bucks because they think you're a 300 rand comedian yeah, yeah and then you know later down the road you're like maybe i should ask for more but like yeah. you're still like feeling like you don't yeah. know if you're there yet yeah, yeah. but meanwhile like yeah you could be asking for 2k yeah. 5k when other comedians on your level yeah. are doing that and like people are getting more and more successful at comedy making more and more money just because they have the confidence to ask people yeah yeah but that's it it's like comedy comedians need to go into the into comedy that's where a brand comes in that's where a business comes in because at the beginning you don't see the bigger picture you don't see it for what it is it's actually a business you yeah. are a business right and i think it should comedy should be the same way as a, like a, a plumber or a, or a barber or something right where people go into a plumber or people hire plumbers knowing they need to pay this bra people go to a barber knowing they need to pay yes why is it that when people want to hire a comic they don't want to pay they don't want to pay because like, it's exposure bro yeah no you, then people, you get then to people just go like no it's exposure and people just go no you know i'll give you 500 not thinking that yo this brand needs to eat with this money this yeah. brand needs to travel with this money whatever but this brand needs to pay off an account with this money you you don't care about that you don't see like a lot of people don't see comedy for for what it is, comedy is like a a, a a job. It's like a nine five. Someone is their own business. It's just the they're hours. The hours, hours are slightly different. <laughs> yeah, the operating hours are whenever they're alive. Like that's that's comedy, right? And people don't see it. People don't see it like that. People just see like, oh, he's just telling jokes. And then that's why when I started having to sit down with um, like with people discussing pay and all of this stuff. That's why I'd rather got someone to do that for me because I'm, I'm too... Like, people can play with my emotions easily. So they can just go, oh, no, this is person with one foot. Oh, do you want to come do a charity gig? Yeah, then I'm just like, oh, man, okay. And then, like, they pay so much. Dude. I think every comedian in this yeah. country has probably done, like, 100 charity gigs each. Yeah, man, and I don't... It's, the thing is, I don't mind doing that, man. No, but, but like, it's also, I, like, we get asked constantly. Yeah. And, you know, like... It is your time. It is your money. Like, it is... Like, while it's awesome to get an opportunity to perform and it's wonderful to get to help, you know, charities in need when you can, yeah. it's also costs you to do it. Yeah. Like, that's what people don't understand. It's like, 
it's the time and effort a to write the jokes yeah then now you got to take these jokes out and you got to see if they fucking work okay cool they work now let's get them better mm. now you've done all of this for like months to get like your set solid and so you got a solid 15 and you've been literally working for months on this thing it's gone up it's gone down and someone says hey can you come perform for free it's a very big yeah. slap in the face. Like, it's like, even, you know, if a family member is a, a plumber. You're not going to get most, a charity plumber. Yeah, most <laughs> like, people know. Most people would like... A, you'll, get a a you'll get a yeah, discount. You'll get a discount. You'll give a discount, but essentially, they know that whichever plumber they hire, whether, whether it's family, whether it's whatever, they know like, yo, we need to give this man something. Yeah. Even if my uncle, who's like a drugs, even when he go to cut grass and stuff, people like... There's like a exchange, of like a service for money. Exactly. Like even for people that come to, to your yards and do work, you give them money because there's that understanding. Like I need to give this man something for what he did. Why isn't it the same with comedy? Because people think they can do it themselves. Yeah, like cause comedy, like, yeah, well, there must people need to think. But yeah, so how hard is it to actually like make a living off of comedy? Because... I don't make my living off of comedy. Yeah. Um, I think very few Durban comedians actually can or yeah. do. Uh, we It's very different here compared to everywhere else. Yeah. Like, And we're building that and stuff like that. But, you know, my job is I'm a writer. Yeah. Like, and I want stand-up comedy to eventually be my job. But at the same time, I do so many other things. And, like... I'm selling myself short in the way I'm saying this, but it is just to say like, you're a working comedian. That's yeah. what you pay your rent with. I don't pay my yeah. rent with comedy. Yeah. And so how, like, what is that like, man? Like it must be stressful. Oh uh, yeah, it is, man. Cause it like is, we're saying, like, you know, it's like, you know, you got to negotiate from like 300 rand, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. a gig. Cause that's, so that's a, you start out for free. That's how comedy starts. Everyone starts over free. And then you kind of get bumped up to about 300 grand. Then it's about 500. Then it's about a grand. And then everyone starts yeah. discussing their own fees from there. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a very tricky, it's a very tricky thing to, to navigate, man. Like, I've been lucky in the sense that I have, you know, um, my, I have friends and, and, and people who, who, who support me and will drive me to a gig or you know you know help me with like transport money when i when i couldn't yeah that's now big I'm, yeah now i'm getting to a space now where i'm able i'm slowly but surely starting to be able to take care of myself i'm buying my own plane tickets i'm doing all of this and you know i'm able to like just to, to do things with comedy man and to travel and stuff but it is hard essentially it, it is hard to do comedy your, yourself like, and not have a, um, a day job. Yeah. Because, like, it's a, you need to get different streams of income. Essentially, it's it's a much harder to only rely on stand-up. Yeah, that's why I'm, like, saying, like, how, like, what made you take the risk in the first place? Yeah, because I, I came from, like, the, uh, like, when I, as soon as I started working, I did, like, one, um, one job where we worked in a factory um where we had to like pack uh we had to like you know check for errors on bags and stuff stuff it and then pack it and put it under crates and stuff That's my that first. sounds very entertaining yeah it's like, yeah <laughs> totally boring and then uh, after that i went to the call center and then that's when they, i see 
are people hate their jobs. Now, in my mind, when my parents came home, sometimes you'd see like, oh no, they enjoy their jobs. Oh, uh, you but have no then, clue. Like yeah, that. I have no clue like how much people stress and, and then to see that in the course and to just see like, you know, all this hurt and sadness and people are crying, people are getting fired, people are struggling for jobs. And I'm like, this comes with too much. And now, over the years, I've been like, because that's still a struggle. Yeah, yeah. And you're unhappy. Yeah, but now I'm in a space where like I have so much love for this thing that and I know that a lot of good and a lot of happiness can come from this thing. Why do I not want to be like that's a lot of the thinking was driven by by those thoughts. Like I want to be happy, man. And I love doing this thing. People laugh. I get I'm lucky enough where I have someone now that does the negotiations for me and stuff. So I'm, 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 you know, it's a good place to be in. So now I just want to become even better and take care of myself and be able to take care of others. And essentially, like, that's what we all strive to do, man. And I'm just so lucky for this. And that's why I was just like, nah, I can't go back there. That was my biggest <laughs> motivator. Because like, that's all I had. Call center was all yeah, I had. Yeah, that's like me with bartending. So I started, yeah. I started Durban as yours when I was 23 or yeah. 24. Seven, yeah, like... And that was it, dude. It was just this thing of, I can't fucking be a bartender for the rest of my life. You yeah. know, like what, like I'm a writer. Like that's what I told myself always. And so, but I never wrote, mm. <laughs> like, you know, I'd write blog posts and stuff like that, but I never, like, you know, I never did the thing. And then, mm. yeah, eventually I was just like, I can't like, you know, like, you know, while bartending is not a terrible job or anything, it's also it can be like a monotonous, draining, yeah. horrible experience where people are just shitty to you all the time. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, yeah fuck dude like eventually i was just like i can never do this again and so that's why like i threw myself into all the creative pursuits i have ever since Mm -hmm. and you know these days thankfully a lot of it's worked out i you know get to work for really cool companies and like you know i'm stoked and the thing is not many people have the opportunity to do that because there's people that have kids there's people that are breadwinners this and that's why that's what makes me appreciate this thing man this thing that we do because Yes, it, it, it comes a, a lot of good from it and, you know, TV and whatever. But at the same time, like, yo, there's people that's out there that's, that's struggling, that don't have this opportunity, that are hella talented, that are smart, that are everything. And, like, they, they have no other choice but to put their pursuits and their dreams aside to take care of their reality. And well, then, so that's why every day it's just like, yo, I must be thankful for this. Well, yeah, to bring it back to that abortion topic you brought up um the conversation that people often have they say is like you know like what if you're aborting the next einstein where where like the argument that i love back about that is well the next einstein could already be here but they don't have the resources yeah yeah like that's and i i saw i get you there man like we we are lucky in that through through our own you know actions Mm. but also through luck through the circumstances we have been given an awesome opportunity to, you know, take it forward. You especially, I mean, you being on Trevor Noah's Nation Wild. Yeah, man. Was that like a big moment for you? Because like, I can imagine, I mean, that's a silly question to ask. <laughs> I guess the thing is, what was going through your mind uh, when that happened? And then we'll talk about what happened since. Yeah. Uh, what was, like, there was a build up of things. The first thing was like, oh my god oh my god oh my god i've got this opportunity like what the heck i got this and i'm like so proud and i want to tell everybody and 
you know that's like the first phase of everything yeah and so then when you tell everyone yeah, like everyone must have been just yeah stopped. yeah everybody got excited and i'm building so much confidence then i'm in the airplane that they booked for me i'm in the airplane on this the way is to that Chicago. the first time you'd had flights booked for you yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. such a nice feeling flights booked for me hotel booked for me um like everything wow that's up. a big experience everything is set up so then i was like damn this is actually happening and i'm then, gonna be famous yeah like and then and then there i get there and then mnet is there interviewing us and you know the tv camera people running around the whole place and trevor's there and, there's like, oh, and so this was like after what what was your biggest gig before that my biggest gig before that uh i think it may have been opening for i think i opened before that before nation yeah i think it was opening for for carvin at, at the baxter theater oh nice uh, but like so that's much smaller like yeah it's a 600 seat the thing which but, is big but yeah, that's not quite for me level. that was like you know, that was probably the, the, the biggest thing at the moment. Sorry if I'm forgetting anything else. No, no. Uh, I for think, other people. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the... Yeah, that was like, for me, that was the biggest thing. Um, and then obviously now I'm there and I, all of that stuff. And then I start... Before I go on stage, I'm, you know, going over my set. But then I'm starting to overthink now. <laughs> and then I'm starting to like, yo, people are going to see this. And it's not even about Trevor. It's not about any of that. So like, um, hey, people are going to see this. Kids in Lavender are going to see this. Moms are going to tell their kids, you know, you can be like him. People, are, like, I was on an Uber on Thursday going back from a gig. Mm. And the guy was chatting to me about Dusty Rich and Dylan Oliphants because yeah. I mentioned I was bringing Dylan yeah, down. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, and he, like, this is from years ago. So, yeah, these things have impact. Yeah, so, like, it has so much impact and positivity, man. So, I'm like, oh, this thing is bigger than, it's bigger than me, man. Fuck, that's a lot of pressure, though. Yeah, that's what that's especially that's what new I was thinking. new in your especially career because because of me and the way I think other people is there. A lot of the people it felt like a, mm. in a way a lot of the people is um is there is performing as if Trevor's gonna go. I'm taking I'm, you next. I'm taking you next. You know, <laughs> but that's essentially what it kind of was. But for me, I didn't think of it like that. I thought of it like yo, this is this is something that's gonna that's gonna people are gonna either remember it forever or forget it tomorrow. Yeah. So now I have this opportunity. To do something positive. Your one shot. <laughs> yeah. And that that's the next thinking that I had. I was like, this is it. This is every It's my eight mile moment. Yeah, yeah, it's my it's my eight mile moment. It's like everything leads to this in every movie that has this situation. And I just overthought it so much and luckily people laughed. Like <laughs> luckily, luckily people laughed. Yeah. It's not like it's not like it's the thing you've been making people do for ages. <laughs> nah, luckily, it was just, it was just pure luck, eh? <laughs> no, it, but like I mean, like just thank goodness, like people enjoyed themselves and stuff. And then now I'm now, now like it's been brought up a lot and it's opening doors for me and stuff. So like I'm very grateful for that, man. But at the time, like so, how so the show went well? People yeah. laughed. Yeah. And. But like, did you think afterwards, like, I've made it? Like, were no, you, no, like... That's, yo, that's one of the, the things that to this day stresses me out about that. Is other but, people think you've made it now? No, 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 it's not even that. Uh, now it's like, yo, what happens next? <laughs> like, this is... Because you've already achieved such a big thing so yeah, early in your career, like... But it's essentially, like, the big thing doesn't matter if something, you know, it's, it's a continuous... 
You knew you need to bowl after that. Well, yeah, time. just being on TV is not enough. Yeah, just having that set out there, like just having people know who you are is not enough. You've got yeah. to follow that up. So now it's like it needs to, it needs to. Now it goes from it goes from low again to building up to building up to that next moment yeah. like that. Um, Although you know, it's great to just constant build is skulk bezeta notes yeah that dude is just forever doing like you know show after show after show yeah he never lets his audience forget him he never lets anyone forget him like yeah, like so much people know skulk and the same goes for like a lot of other guys man like carvin is carvin is but everywhere those guys put in so much work that's like the thing i can never even be jealous of them because it's just like yeah. you guys are doing so much more than i could yeah. like not that i could ever do than i'm doing yeah. like so like in my mind, whenever someone tells me like, "Oh, Kenan, you're working so hard, you're killing it now," you and feel I'm like, small. No. And I'm like, "No, but I, you look." As long as someone else is is pushing the the limits, I need to get as close to I can to that. I need to work even harder, you know. Do you ever feel a little lazy when you look at like other guys? I I feel like I I you know it's not I feel like not lazy, or maybe it is laziness. But um, whenever I don't have gigs, if I see I have a week with no gigs. Like then that bothers me. Yeah, because it's also it's your it's your rent money, dog. Like yeah. that's that would bug me more than like the profession, the other actually, side of it. It's <laughs> not even so much the rent money as it is like then I think about because every all of my thoughts are comedy driven. Um, then I think about like yo, the next time I get on stage, am I gonna be ready to to get on stage? Because you don't know who else is there. Yeah. So now I'm like yo, I need to go to a gig this week. Okay, I'm gonna go to a gig this night, even if I just go watch. Or I just do like a young five. At least I'm going to go this weekend go do that. Uh, I'm watching podcasts. I'm watching all of this thing to try to keep my brain sharp. But when I'm when I'm, I'm not doing comedy, I make sure like I'm, I'm learning. I'm still, my brain is still working. I'm planning. I'm booking ahead. I'm, I'm checking who is this, is there any bookings for me? Uh, I'm checking what podcasts I can do, what this, what that. I'm just trying to make sure that I have plans. This year I've done more than I've done any other year. Um, but I'm still feeling like I didn't do enough this year. Even though I've I've done some things this year. Um, I, I I never feel like I do it like I did enough. It always I, feels like more can be done. I feel like you're always gonna feel that way though. Yeah, but it's it's a at the back of our minds I know at the back of my mind I know enough is being done, but at the front part of my brain is always like, no, like if my brain's having an argument with itself, the left half and the right half, it's like, he's working hard enough. No, he's not working hard enough. He needs to work harder. So then I'm just pushing myself even more like I'm I'm uh, going to Mozambique at the end of the year. It's sick. And nice. That added, oh, the package as well. <laughs> um, that added with, um, with being a writer for the Roast of AKA this year. Amongst all the other, there's still more things that I did. But I still feel like, oh, Kenan, you need to push your bank account. needs to reflect the hard work. It needs to... Oh, <laughs> uh, bro. Like both I, needs to match. Like, hard work, m- m- hard work, money, um, more more gigs. I want my calendar to be full. I don't so much care about the money as I just want to know that there is money coming in. Yeah, you see, like, I... It's weird, like, because, yeah, I look back and I've done a lot and I'm really stoked about that. But in the moments and as the years go by they never feel like you've done anything like yeah because as soon as the one year is done you're like, looking forward to the next like yeah so now i'm like yo so i need to have something i need to top and it's also wild. exactly and that's yeah. like once you've done something like even once you've done your first one man you're yeah. like cool like 
now I need to do another one. I need to be yeah, better. Yeah. You forget the achievements of doing the one man. You forget yeah, yeah. the achievements of like necessarily being on Nationwide. Not that you could ever forget that, but you do go like, okay, now that I've done that for Trevor, how do I be Trevor? Like yeah. essentially, like how do I be the person that people come and watch, you know, thousands of people come out and watch yeah, essentially. Yeah, in different cities and stuff. So that's where I, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be a comic that, um, that just gets like corporates and just does big theaters here in SA. And then that's it. I want to be someone that can go to any, I don't want to thousands of people, thousands and 50,000 of people in stadiums around the world. But my thing is I want to be able to go and be able to do a show that has people there. That has just people there that came to watch kids and stuff. Like that's my, that's my big dream and goal. And just to be able to like, all the people that helped me along the way. I want to be able to give back. Take care of them the way they took care of me. I want to be able to put my mom on like a, a plane somewhere nice. My mom's never been on a plane. So I want to put on a plane somewhere nice. And just like take care of all my other family who, who are struggling. Like in my family, there's like 10 drug addicts. And they a lot of the, like the mothers of them are all staying in like less, um, like they're not staying in like the conditions that I'm staying in. Yeah. So I'm going to try to make sure that whatever kids are born from this point onwards, whatever kids are there, they're going to get dope education. Like that's what I want to, that's everything that runs through my brain. And I'm just like, I want to make sure that this um, struggling line stops. Because if I can just put like this, uh, all these kids have education, proper education moving forward. So then years where the, um, not having uh, toilet paper in your cupboards years where it stops years where the we actually think better now years where all of that starts you know years where we're able to have a proper roll, rolled up garage door yeah. years where we're able to stop the drugs now stop the struggling and just move forward so Peter, it's not just joking your way out so it's joking the way out for yourself and your family exactly so you see there's a story there's a thing behind it and that's essentially what I wanna, what I wanna do. Have you like, have you seen that? That's I mean, comedy obviously has a crossover with like a lot of different people. But one of the things I've noticed is there seems to be a common story for comedians. Yeah. Like, how do you think this is the? Because it doesn't seem like a way to make money when you look at it from the outside, really, (laughs) you know? So how come comedy is a way out for so many people? Because it's, again, it's a platform where people are, people are listening, man. It's a platform where people are watching, you know, TV, uh, comedy can be now online. It can be on TV. It can be podcasts. It can be radio. There can be all of these things that people are listening. People are taking the time to listen. So now you're in a space where whatever issues you have, whatever issues you believe about, whatever, anything like that, you're in a space now where someone's going to take the time to listen. And if the right person listens, then you may be able to make some really positive changes or contributions. You know, if you just someone, if I go climb into that cupboard now, and I don't get out of that cupboard. Someone's not going to come to this cupboard and go, you know, do you want to perform at the Lyric Theater? Yeah. You know, I need to get out there in order to get the Lyric Theater opportunity. So that's why, that's why comedians can 
that's why you obviously see comedians branch out afterwards so for me i want to be able to do motivational talks okay that's the way i want to do i want to do fundraisers and motivational talks because i can the motivational talk is never going to be one where people are going to go <laughs> sleep no the motivational talk is going to be it's going to be like 60 percent talk 40 percent jokes whereas the stand-up special will be um like uh, 80, 80%, okay. yeah or just the other way around yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but and uh, i want both to at least have a motivational element to it you know inspiring theme to it so that's what i that's what i think about whenever you know? yeah man because like it is inspiring though like it even inspires me to hear the stories of other cats like in the comedy a lot of the time like yeah. and to hear the motivations because it is different, man. Yeah, like, it is yeah. so, so fucking different. Yeah, I've listened to your podcast before and there's themes in different podcasts, like the way comics think. Sometimes you'll speak about plagiarism and racism and yeah. whateverism there is uh, with those comics. But then with me, it's more of a, you can hear now by the tone of the conversation, we spoke about like the whole abortion thing and the, and my angle on the abortion thing. Yeah. And then it turns into like a motivational podcast now. <laughs> but essentially, that's what... <laughs> that's what um that's where my my thinking is driven i just want to lift people up man i just want to like get people like out of the hole and once they're out of the hole there we go let's move together so whether that's you know just with a joke or literally literally you know yeah. bringing someone out of a hole yeah literally yeah so whether it's through a joke that inspires you and you know helps you push on or whether it's me actually being part of a fundraiser for you or for your child or whatever, that's where I, what I want to do. That's where I want to go. And I want to just be able, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be famous. But that's just what I want to do. I want to be about anything. If someone needs help, I can do it. I have resources. I know people. That's the that's where the why that's the space I want to be in. Until I get to that space, I'm not working hard enough. That's fucking fair, dude. Like, I love that you just said that, like, you know, until you get to that space, you're not working hard enough. So I guess we're going to see a lot more hard work from you. Yeah, bro, definitely, for sure. What are uh, the plans for this year? Like, uh, <sighs> I um, guess we can say it on the podcast because I'm going to announce you on the same day uh, um, for the festival. Oh, is, it, is that when this is going to come out? Yeah, on Wednesday. Ah, oh, dope, dope, dope. So I'm going to announce you for the festival, then I'm going to drop this. Ah, oh, sweet, man. So people are going to hear this and probably have seen that or, true. Or drop me after. <laughs> um, uh, what do I have? I have the, obviously, the Heat City Comedy Festival, which I'm looking forward to. I always like being on, like, tour and stuff and being part of festivals is something that i yeah love. and this is our first time we're bringing in like yeah. cats from out of town yeah. like it's going to be an interesting so it's that the date is the 30th of july to the 4th of august to the 4th of august i have that um i'm doing i'm opening for carvin again carvin's doing it's a sick yeah he's doing a thing from durban through to cape town like different areas and whatever oh wow so i'm doing that uh you might check out like my pages and stuff for that um what else do I have? I'm going back to Joburg, uh, potentially doing like performing on a TV show thing. I was supposed to do it this week, but then um, my agent, acting agency called me up and said like, yo, you actually got this job. A client wants you. And I was like, oh man, I didn't know I have this. Now I planned all the stuff and I have to cancel some. So I have that. Um, there's the most big thing at the end of the year. Uh, and there's a lot more gigs that's going to pop up sort of before the end of the year. I'm just making every month. And your one man 
Um, I am doing my first foray into one man. That's why I've been asking for names. <laughs> um, I've been, I'm going into my first foray into the one man space. At in the second of August, I think, or sometime around August. Um, oh wait, so is the festival going to be the first time? The festival, um, the festival could possibly be the the first time, um, but the first time in Cape Town is going to be around in August as well. Um, so then that's when it's going to start. That's when I'm going to take it around to small places, even if there's like ten people. Okay, I'm going to have the money behind me. Hey, dude, that's the skulk method, dude. Just go yeah. everywhere. Like, yeah, just that, the thing. I didn't even think of it in the skulk way. I was just like, that's the way, you know? Yeah. Go to, to different areas. Just be able to tweak the joke on my own. I don't want to need a club gig to go and try this and this and then everywhere. I want to go where I can see where I have these people to myself. And okay. Go, and go do this. They're going to hear it. They're going to give honest feedback. So move on, move on to a different place until it's like... At the Fine Ice Hotel, or it's at the Baxter Theatre, Lyric Theatre. So that's where that's the that's where I'm here at that man. That's where that's what I'm gonna do. That's that's me. Cool. I look forward to seeing your name like for a week long run at the Baxter sometime. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Or even yeah, in, in Devon. Uh, there's nowhere for a week long run <laughs> unless, unless you wanna do the playhouse. Yeah, that the playhouse, yo, Sibaya, even who knows, you know? Yeah, um, cool. I look forward to seeing you at the playhouse yeah. in, in about a, in a couple months. Yeah, no, no, okay. like two year stops. I would definitely be doing that two year stops. Sick, bro. Cool. Well, then I'm, we're gonna get you on the podcast in two years' time. Yeah, we'll see yeah. how it all turns out. It's gonna be very awkward if I have this <laughs> and then that and then. Like, oh no, I'm a plumber now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time, Keenan. Oh, yeah, Bob. It's been perfect, man. Thank you so much.